this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Today, I bring a message that is a bit of a metaphor, and I don't want to scare anyone away with that, but the good news is that it's a metaphor that we're probably all familiar with. And what I want to talk about is the metaphor of life as a journey that we're on. We're all traveling down a road on some sort of journey. That that's metaphor of life as a journey pops up in the Bible. It pops up in classic literature. It pops up in the way that we, we talk about our lives, where we are in our careers, our, our family, our spiritual lives. We feel like we've all come from somewhere and we're all going somewhere. We're all on a journey. And that metaphor, I think, can be helpful to us in a lot of cases. It helps us to, to plan, to plan our steps, to plan how we're going to get to a goal, to, to look back at where we've come from and to learn from it. But it can also be a, a confusing metaphor. And part of the reason for that is I think that we live in, in a world that tells us that there are many different ways to get to where we want to go. There are many different journeys that we're on and there are many different paths that we can take to get to enlightenment, to get to God even. And the Bible tells us something a little bit different than that. And sometimes I find that that can be a struggle in my life when I see the many different choices that I make each and every day, the many different paths that I could potentially walk down. And when I read the Bible, it tells me that there's only one right path and all the rest are, are wrong. How am I supposed to know which one is the right one? In fact, the book of Proverbs, for example, which we've been looking and, and working through the past several weeks, is a book that talks about life as a journey a lot. In fact, it, it talks about us walking down a path and following the right way. In fact, those words, path and way, in some translations, are mentioned almost a hundred times in the book of Proverbs all by itself. And I want to read one such, such passage for us today, and that's in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction, do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it, do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Now I read a passage like that and, you know, there are some beautiful elements in there. You know, the, the writer of, pro of this proverb is, is talking about heeding instruction, heeding wisdom, and allowing that wisdom to guide us down a path, a path to righteousness, which is described as being like the morning sun. 
shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And yet we, we read that, and we read about walking down a path of, of wisdom and instruction, and really what that starts to imply to us is that we are following. If we're walking down a path that's been laid before us, we're not sort of making our own way or, or leading ourselves to righteousness. We're, we're following a, a path that's been laid out before us, a path that's, uh, that's been laid out by wisdom and, or by something else. And I think that we instinctively, when we, we think about following as opposed to leading or, or forging our own path, sometimes we're a little hesitant with that, I think. I mean, I think about a lot of things that I want to accomplish in, in my life, and I, if I'm building myself up, I feel like I need to forge my own path. There's a lot of you know, encouragement and, and prosperity news and, and messages out there that, that tell us to forge our own way and, and make our own way in the world to be successful. And while there might be some truth in some of those messages, I think what we're reading here suggests something very different. Then, in fact, the path that we're supposed to follow in, in life is, is not one that we make ourselves. It's one that's already been laid out before us. And I think committing to following, whether that's something or, or someone else, is difficult for us in a lot of ways. But as we read here in Proverbs and elsewhere in Scripture, following, following a path is essential to the Christian life. But it's not easy. And the Bible is honest with us about that. In fact, our daily following of this path is, is lined with, with challenges, hardships, disappointments. And when other people who are walking along that path get tired and they begin to slow down, we're, we're called or encouraged to continue to press on if we're committed followers. We're told that when no one is watching, if we're committed followers, we'll continue walking that path anyway. When other people wander off that path, committed followers press on and continue following in the same direction. When no one else is giving us praise or encouragement for following the path, we're supposed to keep doing that anyway. And that sounds pretty difficult, and, and it is. I read an article recently where the authors had had studied the new testament and they when they did that they were startled by how much language in the new testament they found about following about modeling someone or something else and and imitating others and by contrast how little they found about leading suggesting that our lives as as christians are our lives really as as followers but even more startling to, to these authors was Jesus' own statements about himself in the Gospel of John. Because when Jesus describes himself and his ministry, he primarily uses the language of a follower. His human incarnation, when he came to earth as a man, Jesus was a follower. For example, in John chapter 8, Jesus tells us that his teaching is not his own, but comes from one who sent him. Likewise, his actions are not done on his own authority. And that's not the only place where Jesus said, said things like that. He described himself as a follower who does nothing of his own accord, but only does what he sees the Father doing. 
he makes it clear that he's not acting on his own will, but rather he subordinates his will to the will of the one who sent him. He clearly states that he's not giving commands, but rather Jesus is delivering them on behalf of the follower. And he models obedience because that is the key to abiding in his father's love, both for himself and for his disciples. And at every point in these images where Jesus is giving us hints about who he is and, and what he is doing, it looks like that that entire gospel, the gospel of John, was written so that not so that we can lead our lives as Jesus did, but so that we can follow as he did. And as Jesus describes it, following, in fact, wasn't one of his many tasks. It was his, his primary and main, his defining task. And importantly for us, it, it seems to be as if his mis- mission was to encourage us, his disciples, to do the exact same thing, to follow as he followed. And so we are to become followers as well. And even though Jesus gives us a wonderful example of what it means to be a follower, it's not as easy as as some might make it seem. In fact, even in the first century, Jesus' disciples, they weren't so great at it in a lot of ways either. James and John were disciples of Christ from the very beginning. And they had been immersed in this language, this culture, this call to, to follow him. And yet, there are times, and there was one specific time, where they really almost ignored that calling. They grabbed their mother and they came to Jesus begging for his favor to sit at positions of authority at his left and his right hand. And in that moment when they did that, there are a lot of ways that maybe Jesus could have put them in their place and said, you guys aren't getting it. But instead, what he did was he reminded them that he himself is a follower and that as a follower, he was the wrong person to ask for a leadership position. As Jesus put it, to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant. And then he went on to remind them that he himself, their master, their rabbi, their teacher, was actually a servant. And so, as Jesus describes it, and as Jesus models for us, those who want to be faithful disciples don't need positions of authority. Instead, what they need are hearts of servitude. So I read these things, and I read about James and John, and I think if they couldn't get it right, if they couldn't be good followers, how are we supposed to do that? And the answer, I think, is in one advantage that we, we have that James and John didn't, or at least they didn't have all of, and that's the Bible. The Bible is here a, a complete scripture, a compiling of the, the wisdom from the Old Testament, the story of God and his, his family, that which we are a part of. The story of Jesus, his, his life, his death, his resurrection, and, and what came after, what his disciples did, we have all of that at our disposal. We can read it, we can learn it, we can gain wisdom from it. 
And that's the kind of wisdom that the writer of Proverbs is talking about when he says that it will help us stay on the right path. Now, I can sit here and I can tell you to, you know, that in order to stay on the right path, you should read your Bible. That would be the simple thing, the simple message for me to say right now. But I'm sure you've heard that a million times. And I think one of the things that we struggle with when we, we think about, okay, really, I should read the Bible more if I want to, to gain wisdom, to stay on the path to righteousness. One of the things we struggle with is, is motivation. I know I struggle with that a lot. And there's a story, I think, that, that might be helpful to us. And that's a story about, uh, that came about at the end of World War II, when the Allied forces were, were storming into Germany and they were sort of cleaning up some of the remaining Nazi forces. There was one unit that was assigned to a, a critical mission in Berlin. They, they were given a map of Berlin's most important military sites and they were given one night to memorize it. They had to a few hours to memorize this map of all of these sites in Berlin. And each soldier had to commit it to memory. And then the next day, go out and perform the mission. And they were successful. They did it. And several years later, the army conducted an experiment to see if that original feat, the, the mission that these soldiers accomplished, if that could be duplicated or replicated. And so they offered a, a similar unit an extra week's vacation, which was an attractive incentive for a soldier, if they could carry out a comparable mission, memorize a map of Berlin's military sites in one night and carry out the mission. But that second unit came nowhere near the success that the first unit had. And there was only one difference. And that difference was that the lives of the first unit depended on their success in that mission. Sure, the second unit had some motivation, a vacation, which was a big motivation, but nowhere near the motivation that the first unit had. Their lives depended on their success. And the reality is that, that we as, as, as Christians, as, as disciples of Jesus, disciple being a word that means a follower, we're engaged in a kind of spiritual warfare each and every day. And our roadmap, our, our plan, our, our strategy guide to success in that battle is the Bible. And so the more we read it, the more we memorize it, the more thoroughly we know it, the more we get to know God, and the more we can discern which path is the right one for us to be on, which decision is the right one to make. Which choice will take me further down that right path? And so like those soldiers, we must approach God's word as if our lives depended on it. Because as the Bible tells us, they do. There's only one path that leads to life and all the others lead to destruction. So the trouble then becomes... We read the Bible. How do we begin to apply that to our life? How do we begin to see the markings of the path that we are to follow? And I want to I pose a question here or a, a comparison, if you will. And I'm, I'm just wondering how many of you watching this follow 
something else, not, not the Bible, not Jesus, not God, but, but follow something else in your life. And even more specifically, I want to think of the language that we use to follow. I think almost all of us follow someone or something on, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, in, in our workplaces, in our families. We, we follow others. And sometimes, particularly with regard to social media, it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, you can just go to somebody's page, read a bit about them. If you like them, you can click follow. And then what happens? You know, every day or every week, you, you might get updates about what this person is doing or information about their life or advice on how to accomplish something that you want to accomplish. Well, my question, I guess, is, is what if we followed God like that? I mean, there, there's no magic button that we, can, that we can click. But if we're intentional about it, you know, we can absolutely learn from him, learn from the Bible every day, every week on a, on a regular basis, on a regular routine, just as some of our social media stars post regularly on a schedule. We can do the same thing with God's word. We can be intentional about going to it, learning from it, beginning to identify the markings of that, that path that we're to follow by intentionally spending time in his word. And as the one who strengthens and encourages us, Jesus was an example of how to follow properly. He teaches us and reminds us in scripture, if we read it, that what we do in our lives matters and, and how we do it comes from, from him, from, from God, from the person Jesus was following, from the person we're to follow. If we begin to spend time in scripture and, and mark out that path, we learn things like we love others because God first loved us. We choose to forgive others because he forgave us first. We make choices that, that comfort others because he brings us great comfort. We give to others because he freely gave and we freely received from him. We extend mercy to others because he is merciful to us. And we reconcile with others. We make amends because he reconciled himself to us. We welcome others into our lives, into our families, because he first welcomed us. That is the roadmap. Following not just following Jesus as a leader, but following Jesus as the first follower of God. Following him as a person who models these things, who loved because he had the love of the Father, forgave because the Father forgave, was merciful because the Father was merciful. And if the joy of being a conduit for for Jesus' ministry and, and for living a righteous life is not enough in and of itself, the reality is that, that we do receive rewards. As the writer of, of Proverbs tells us, if we stay on that path, good things can happen to us. Our souls are refreshed, our, our families and our, our ministries flourish. And we can be confident knowing that our obedience to, to this path, to staying on this path, not only goes is noticed but is also 
highly regarded by our Father in heaven. I think the greatest blessing that we can ever know is, is to hear those words from God directed to us as, as faithful followers, people who are walking that path. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And all of this, again, is, takes intentionality. It's not something that we can be passive about, like clicking a button on Instagram. It's something that takes effort on our part. And the good news, I think, the good news that at least helps me to do this in my daily life is that we get to do it together. Yes, this path is described as being much narrower and much less crowded than all of the other paths that lead to destruction. But there are other people in this world who are genuinely trying to walk this path to righteousness as well. There are many of them in this church in Paris. There are many of them near where you live, I'm sure. And what we can do to help us is to seek those people out. Because walking along this path together is much easier. We can help each other stay, stay facing the right direction. The reality is that as you begin to do this in your life, as you begin to seek out God's word, seek out other people that are trying to follow this same path, and as you begin to follow it yourself as Jesus did, you'll see things that, that might discourage you. You might see wicked people, as the writer of Proverbs describes, succeeding or seemingly having great success in life, wealth and fame and, and other things that we might desire for ourselves. You can see other people who are not following this path who seem like they're having a great time. You might see things like that and get discouraged. But the reality is, and what we know from Scripture and what many of us know from experience, is that the true fullness of life is only given to those who are seeking the Lord. And so to get that true fullness of life, we must, we must, we must seek out and follow his path. Because it's a path that not only leads to life, but leads to a full life, a meaningful life, a satisfying life. And so what we can do is cultivate our taste for that life. Cultivate our taste for the life that Jesus lived, the life that he would have us live. And remember that the safest and most satisfying path for us to follow is the path that Jesus walked, the path of wisdom, the path of life. If you'll join me, I'd like to, to pray for us. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that not only was he a teacher and a master in many ways, but he was also a follower. And I thank you that your call for us to follow has already been exemplified in his life. And as we struggle with competing motivations, competing paths that go in different directions, and as we struggle to find which one is yours, pray that you will help us. You will give us wisdom and guidance through your Holy Spirit. 
through your word, through scripture. Give us the motivation, the strength to seek it out, to seek out your wisdom, to seek out the things that Jesus sought. Help us to learn from him, to learn from his example. And as we journey through life and make decisions and make choices, help us to recall the things that we've learned and seen in your scripture, in your examples, and help us to use those things to make those right choices. And Father, I thank you for the body of believers, the the other people in our lives that might also be seeking to follow Jesus. I ask that you help us to stick together. Give us the strength and the courage to reach out to others and to help them stay on this path as well. We ask all these things and, and we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit be with you all. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.